If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our fourth episode of And Security for All. I'm Kim Hakem, your host. I'm also the CEO of FutureCon Events. We produce cybersecurity events all over North America. Prior to that, I spent six years in the United States Navy, and then I spent four years in the reserves. I've been in the cybersecurity industry for over 20 years, and that has allowed me to meet and work with some of the top cybersecurity leaders in the world. So this week, I have another great guest with me today who's going to discuss how he has created the next big thing, doing away with passwords. So this is a new show series on Voice of America. So if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. I hope you stay tuned weekly and check out our past three guests on the show platform. So can you imagine how freeing it would be to just do away with passwords? How many times do you change your password on any given day? Or when's the last time that you actually have changed your password? Or even worse, do you let the computer save your password? Have you ever had fraud on your credit cards or your identity stolen? I actually did have my identity stolen about seven years ago. I had just purchased a new home and with all the paperwork and the electronic transcripts, of course, it happened to me. I had my identity stolen. Stolen. Like most people, we all think it's never going to happen to us. I actually work in the cybersecurity industry and still believe that it would not happen to me. Well, it did. It took years to clean up the mess. And when I tried to get authorities involved, I was really low priority and nobody was there to help me fix this mess. So they also got a hold of my driver's license and not only did they steal my identity personally, they were able to tap into my prior business and all those accounts. They found someone that looked like me. They used my driver's license and they had a woman go into a bank and say that we were moving our business to this new location that was five states away from my residence. And the bankers allowed this fraudulent woman to make a huge withdrawal from the business and they let her use this this driver's license they recreated. So the bank even had a video, but guess what? No one really cared. No one did anything about it. The credit cards eventually covered everything. The banks took longer, but they finally refunded everything. Nothing was done. No one paid for the crime. And I am one of millions of these stories. And I'm sure there's many of you all out there that have similar stories. So my guest today, he's worked for one of the largest banks, American Express, I travel a ton prior to COVID and I won't use anything but American Express now because I know I'm safe using it because if anything happens, they cover your fraud immediately. They don't tie up your phones and it really does give me a huge sense of security. But my guests started to realize how long do we just keep covering up the fraud and paying the debt and doing nothing about it. So I have my guest today, Ori Eisen. He is the founder and the CEO of TrueSana. He spent his life fighting online cybercrime. He began to focus on it. 
not where the money's going, but what are the thieves, what, you know, what are the thieves doing with it? He started to wonder where does all the stolen money go to? What's it using? What's it being used for? By whom? He started to uncover the answers and he found that all the stolen money that is taken over the internet goes to fund even worse crimes like narcotics, weapons, terrorism, human trafficking, child exploitation, the lowest of low for humanity. So he started asking people to get involved. We must protect online businesses and our own personal accounts. So these funds are not handed over to these criminals all across all across the globe. So today's show, we're going to talk about how these current cybersecurity solutions are not just, they're just not working. But there's only one simple way we can make a difference is stopping and stopping the circle of this crime is getting rid of passwords once and for all. I would love to get rid of passwords. I was having a conversation with Ori prior to the show. I changed my passwords so many times on any given day. It drives me crazy. I know many of the cybersecurity professionals I work with, they use password managers or password vaults, but you still need a password to get into these tools. And it's still another way for these bad actors and these criminals to enter in. So Ori, my guest came to realize that passwords were invented in the 1960s and we haven't even had any single innovation since. He decided it's time to move on. He is this person that is making this new in innovation happen. He has already began the revolution of getting rid of these passwords. As I mentioned, he was the founder and CEO of Trusana. He was also the worldwide fraud director of American Express. Prior to American Express, he worked for VeriSign Network Solutions. He's been quoted by industry insiders and receives numerous invitations to keynote industry events and conferences all over the world. Ori holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. He's from Montclair State University, and he holds over two dozen cybersecurity patents. In his free time, he volunteers with Thorn, a digital defenders of children, and he has another charity event, another charity organization I'll let him discuss with us all as well. So with all that being said, welcome to the show, Ori. Thank you, Kim, for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, as I was prepping for the show, I continued to be so impressed by everything you're doing and your passion of this lifelong um, lifetime of fighting cybercrime. What I really, really love is the work that you do with children as well. That's a whole different show, but thank you for doing that. That's much needed. That is such a scary area, and somehow better controls and securities can be monitored for our younger children and upcoming generations. So, and I know you do something you were telling me about your other organization that you created. Correct. It's called Ball to All, and we give soccer balls all over the world to kids who cannot afford one. So instead of having an afternoon of uh, troublemaking and being bored, uh, an ambassador shows up, just drops a soccer ball, and the rest, you know, you can imagine the kids chasing after it instead of sitting and uh, being up to no good sometimes. Yeah, I, I could go in a whole different direction about that, but we'll stay on our topic that we're here for today. I'll have to have you on the show to discuss all of those issues with kids. But um, before we dive into, you know, this topic of going passwordless, 
I, I really want our audience to know who was Ori and um, when did this passion, where did it come from and when did you get this aha moment of I've got to do more? Uh, it happened to me about uh, 17 years ago. I went to work, it was a Monday, and uh, it so happens that we were hit by a massive uh, attack over a Thanksgiving uh, period because the crooks knew we would all be home uh, eating turkey with our families and no one would see what was going on over the long weekend of Thanksgiving. And that day, not only uh, many banks were hit uh, with merchant accounts, but I started asking a simple question, where does the money go and who's using it and for what purpose? Kim, once you start following the money, you realize that um, us as consumers or us as the company losing the money is bad, but where the money goes and what it funds is even worse. And from that day on, I basically saw my job not as uh, just coming in and managing Excel sheets and making sure I do my job right, but it really became a mission to curb the funding of evil, if you want to think about it that way. Because every time we do a great job and we do not let cyber criminals waltz into people's bank accounts or healthcare records, we are actually cutting the funding from their operations. So when did you transition out of the corporate world into the private sector? I know you had another company prior to TrueSona. You want to tell us about that? Correct. So in 2004, I started my uh, third startup in life called 41st Parameter. And that company uh, basically pioneered the idea of device fingerprinting. Up until then, many companies would drop cookies in your browser to identify who you are or to show you different ads. But the bad guys were removing these cookies. So every time they would look like a brand new customer to us. So at uh, 2004, I started a startup called the 41st Parameter. I did it together with Frank Abignell uh, from the movie Catch Me If You Can and the investors from Kleiner Perkins and others. And we basically built software that can recognize you coming back again, again, and again without leaving any residue. So the bad guys could not just take off the sticker, if you may, and uh, look uh, as if they're new to us. I uh, sold this company in 2013 and then uh, started a journey of thinking, you know, what else needs to be fixed? And that's how I got to the idea of Trusona and getting rid of passwords. Well, what I love about your history, I was actually watching a little uh, video clip with you and Frank at a conference that you had done prior to COVID. And Frank had mentioned you could have easily retired when you uh, sold that company. So this is just your your mission and your, I guess, your um, passion. And it's not even about making money anymore. It's about spreading this message and trying to stop these criminals. So I love that. But, you know, on your website with Trusona, I love that. I'm going to quote what you said. You have a statement that says, make the Internet more secure, the hashtag no passwords revolution. You go on to say, I don't want you to read this piece um, if you're not interested and if you think everything's okay because I'm here to recruit you and I want us to work on this problem. Do you, what do you think the general reaction is to that statement? If you read the, the news the way I do, 
all these breaches that we see around what happened uh, just a few weeks ago with 18,000 customers, including government agencies, losing data because of one, you know, fault in some software. Or if you go back a few years to the Office of uh, Personnel Management, if you read these things and you think everything is okay and we should go have Starbucks and the world is fine, then I think you are not as educated as you should be about the dire situation we're in where we have connected every aspect of our life to the internet. However, the internet as a network is not as safe as it ought to be if that's the case. So when I tell the people I'm here to recruit you or I want you to act upon it and not just read it and go on to your life, it's really to wake up decision makers, CEOs, IT professionals, CISOs, to realize not only that we have this huge issue, but they are part of the solution. You alone cannot change it, Kim. I alone cannot change it. We need to come together if we want the internet to succeed. If we do nothing, we basically let the bad guys run the show, and I don't think that is what we want. And, you know, in my opinion, I think that these bad guys, we are making it pretty easy for them. You know, do you think it's easier for so many people to turn a blind eye because the bigger the problem's bigger than they can wrap their head around? It seems like the CEOs in the companies don't care until it happens to them. Yeah, that's, I think, the ultimate question, Kim. I think, like you said before, everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me. And because of it, they just keep another week without getting rid of passwords. They keep another year. They don't add things to the budget. Once people get hit, all of a sudden you get a blank checkbook and do everything and let's scramble. I know I'm not going to change it because history shows that most of us buy insurance after the flood. That's just human nature. But if one of you listening to this show would have the courage to go up in their command chain and say, hey, are we doing the right thing to not make it easy for the bad guys to hurt us and hurt our customers and hurt society as a result? This would have been a great use of our time, Kim, because that's really all I'm asking people to do. I'm here to recruit you to do something, to say something, to voice your concern, because otherwise we will keep reading in the news what's happening, but everybody will think that it's someone else's responsibility to fix it. It's all of our responsibility to fix it. So how did you and Frank Ab Abagnale, um, how did you guys get involved with each other? And maybe you can let our listeners, for those younger listeners that maybe have not seen the movie, Catch Me If You Can, give us a little history about Frank and how you two connected. Uh, when I worked at the credit card company uh, one day, I was told that I'm to also manage the risk of counterfeit credit cards. Up until then, I only was working on mail order, catalog order, and internet. And to be honest with you, Kim, I didn't know the first thing about counterfeit fraud because I've never done it. I didn't study it. And if you try to go learn about it, you see that there's no university course to take. There's no school to go to. So you really have to learn from people in the industry. And time and time again, every time I ask who can teach me, who can mentor me, uh, the name Frank Abignell came about. Frank, uh, to date, is considered one of the brilliant minds in our industry, both when he was young, between the ages of 16 and 21, with what he did so cleverly to uh, show us how easy it is to steal identities. And now, 
over 40 years working for free at the FBI training agents of how to catch people like that. So I, uh, I kind of clap for Frank for what he did and the audacity and the brilliance, even though I don't condone what he did when he was young. But I clap even louder for what he did with his life ever since. So I met him under the guise of teaching me and mentoring me about the whole world of counterfeiting because he is the best. I still think he is the greatest mind in that uh, uh, art, if you may, in the world. And it took uh, a few months. If you Google on internet my name and the topic of you can meet with anyone, there's a story in Business Insider about how we met and how long it took and the conditions for working together. I'm happy to tell you that 18 years later, we're not only working on curbing cyber criminals, but it also has become a personal relationship, which uh, I consider one of the blessings in my life. Well, that's pretty awesome. And before we move on, you had a little uh, trivia that you were going to give to our viewers about Frank. Yeah. So for those of you who've never watched Catch Me If You Can, the movie uh, that depicts Frank's life, I highly rec uh, recommend you go watch it. And even if you've watched it once or twice, uh, my trivia to you is, do you know that Frank Abagnale has a cameo in the movie? And I uh, worked with him for a long time and I didn't recognize that it was him. So don't look it up, but uh, go watch the movie again and try to see which character is Frank Abagnale. It's a very short uh, part of the movie, but a very cool one. I think Steven Spielberg did a great job of picking what cameo he will do. And one other trivia, in case you don't know, Frank Abagnale is the only living person that Steven Spielberg done a movie about. Well, that's pretty awesome. I, I watched a video on him, and it was interesting. And anybody could um, Google his name and probably see the same thing I watched last night. But it's interesting to really hear his life story. And, of course, the movies are the movies. So there's, there's some differences. But, um, you know, I think that was pretty awesome that he's now 30 years, I think. He's been working yeah. for the FBI and consulting. Over 40. Yes. Well, that's awesome. Well, now, what can you tell us about Trusona? Uh, we started Trusona together after asking what else uh, we can fix. And if you look at the statistics that 81% of breaches are a result of static credentials or passwords, I think it's pretty obvious to say, hey, let's take that off the table. The word Trusona is really a fusion of two words, true and persona. And the idea here is that we can recognize that it's you, Kim, on the other end when you try to log into your university account, to your bank account, to your healthcare account. And we believe that we've let the use of passwords uh, stay for so long, since the 60s, and it's just time to move away. I'll give you this question. Tell me one technology in your daily life that you're still using that was invented in the 60s and did not go through huge revolutions. Think about the phone that you use today versus the 60, the cameras that you use today, the television you use today, and on and on and on. And you'll see that the password has kind of lingered there for all this time, but it really shouldn't. We all have mini computers in our pockets now called smartphones, and we ought to move the level of defense to a realization that most of us have them. Of course, we can provide security to people who don't have a smartphone, don't get me wrong, but we can't ignore the fact that they're in almost every pocket, so we should make it harder for bad guys to waltz into accounts by the use of this technology. So what kind of impact are you making on the cybersecurity industry now? 
I'll give you one example. When we installed our software at a, a large VC firm, a venture capital firm, they have a very unique attack vector on them because criminals know that the VC has a lot of money because their limited partners send them money to be invested. And when the limited partners get paid, all it is, Kim, is just a wire from the VC bank account to the limited partner's bank. So imagine a VC gets a mail or a letter that says, hi, I'm one of your investors and I've switched bank accounts. So from now on, when I get proceeds, could you please direct them to this other bank account? It's so innocuous, it's so simple, it happens all the time. But if you don't realize who is on the other end or who's the true persona, you might now send money to the criminals. So when Trusona installed at one of the largest VCs, uh, they were under attack with something called SIM swap. Let me explain what that is. In every phone, you have a SIM card that basically has the information, what's your phone number and that this is your account. If you call the phone company, let's just say I would pretend to be you, you, Kim, right? And I'll tell them, hi, this is Kim, and I just got a new phone. Could you please port my SIM? You can only imagine that if your bank sends you codes over SMS to kind of make sure it's you logging in, that I'm now going to get the code. So this attack vector is very common on high-end accounts of you know, wealthy individuals and so forth. So all this to say is when we removed passwords at this VC and they were under attack, 100% of it was foiled. Why? Because the bad guys could fool the telco, could fool their telephone company to port the phone number. It's just that Trisona doesn't use phone numbers to do what we do. So it, the, the bad guys thought they got them, but they did not. And I wish this outcome on everybody uh, in the world, including the people who listen, because there is a solution, but we need to move towards it and it won't happen on its own. Well, we're going to get to talk about um, how your how Trisona, how this works um, shortly here. But before we get to there, so you've worked with a couple of famous criminals, con artists, not only Frank, um, you have Kevin Mitnick that is very uh, supportive of your product. What kind of advice did these guys give you from the criminal perspective of what's going on and what's going to work and what's not going to work? The, the way I work with folks like Frank and Kevin is very simple. I tell them, you have a chance to redeem yourself and to do something good for society by helping companies like Trisona make their products better. And it's very simple. Think about playing chess. I make a move, they make a move. I make a move, they make a move. And the day that I put the software in a position that like them say, yeah, if you do all these things, it will not be easy for me to get in then it's time to release it to the public. So I think uh, both in Kevin's case and in Frank's case and other, they have brilliant, brilliant minds. And yes, we could judge them about what they've done before, but that's not the point. If they can help us inoculate a site or if they can help us foil a crime that is about to happen, I think we should use them for the goodness of what they can offer and make software better. And that's how we work with them and others to make the software resilient. You have to put it in front of real hackers, real people who know what they're doing, and then you'll have something that really, really works. So when you got this vision that passwords were actually hurting us more than helping us, did you, I guess you would, you said it was like 
playing a game of chess. So did you test trial these, these software products that you have with them? Yes. With Frank, it took a year. I'm not kidding. A year worth of back and forth because literally everything we put in front of him, he says, well, I can just do this and just walked all over us. Then we improved it, says, well, I can now do that. Imagine a year of engineering and product people and Frank Abagnale going back and forth and back and forth. And it was funded by our investors. We were in stealth mode. And only after that, we started introducing Kevin and other people to say, hey, we now think we have it, try to break it. And the good news today, uh, Kevin, for example, when he goes on his world tours and shows all of his amazing demos, one of them is to show how he logs into his email with the Trisona product. I believe that the only way to really uh, harden your software and sell something that works is to let it pass through people who really know what they're doing and not just your employees and QA. Well, I'm sure if you were in stealth mode and your funders were probably like, Let's go, <laughs> speed up the process. <laughs> so how long did it take after, before you got to the place where Kevin or um, Frank could not break into your codes? A, a year worth of work. So it was just a year or so. So that's, congratulations on that. And, and so are they still, you know, they're still bad. I'm sure it's somebody's goal to break into what you've created. So what is your, how do you, what's your worry? What keeps you up at night worrying about that? Yeah, so the good news is I'm one of the CEOs who's not worried because I constantly ask people like that to break it. So I know if it could be done, they'll show me. We also use, uh, you know, services from Synac and HackerOne and other open bug bounties because we don't want to hide. There's no security and obscurity. We let people try, and if they find something, let us know. But the good news is now we're five years, Kim, uh, doing this. Welcome everybody to try and help make it better. But the ultimate goal is not to break us, is to create something that is strong enough that will make our internet more resilient. That's the end goal. Well, that's pretty awesome. And I, I think when we come back, we're getting ready to take a short break. And you're going to walk us through how um, Trusona, how this passwordless, um, I guess it's an app that you can download. Um, you're you're going to talk all about that. Um, mm -hmm. So what is is it something pretty easy that while people are on break, they can even go mm -hmm. look it up? Everybody who listens can go to the App Store on Android or, uh, or iOS, download the Trusona app, and by the time we're back from the break, you will manage to do your first login without us even helping you. But we also have an appless solution coming soon, so you can do it with an app or without. But if you want to try it now, just look for Trusona, T-R-U-S-O-N-A, on the App Store. Okay, well, you guys can do that while we take a quick break, and we will come back, and we'll talk more with Ori, and we're going to get deep into his product and see how this works. So we'll be back in a few minutes, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a cybersecurity professional that needs to earn continuing educational hours? FutureCon Events brings high-level cybersecurity training discovering cutting-edge security approaches, managing risk in the ever-changing threat of the cybersecurity workforce. Cybersecurity is no longer just an IT problem. To learn more about attending a virtual event, go to futureconevents.com or email info at futureconevents.com. 
or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at FutureConHQ. Don't miss the weekly FutureCon seamless podcast series focusing on the insights and thoughts of chief security officers and industry pioneers making a difference throughout the world. Kim Hakem, CEO of FutureCon Events, and Darren Anderson, CEO and co-founder Next Robotics, host seamless podcast started by a team of entrepreneurs with experience in fields like smart cities, technology, cybersecurity. The result is a series of podcasts unlike anything you've ever heard anywhere. Listen where you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to And Security for All with Kim Hakem. To reach the show today with your questions or comments for Kim or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to khakem at futureconevents.com. Now back to And Security for All. Welcome back, everyone, to our to our show, And Security for All. I'm your host, Kim Hakem, and today we are talking about the revolution of getting rid of passwords. I have Ori Eisen, the founder and CEO of Trusona, who is actually making this happen. He's getting rid of passwords. After he spent many years working with major banks like American Express, he decided enough was enough and it's time to make a difference and fix one of the biggest problems, getting rid of passwords. So welcome back, Ori. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's my pleasure to have be here. So what do you think the biggest issues today with passwords are, besides how annoying they are? <laughs> yeah, I will quote uh, what we say at Trisona. Passwords are for treehouses. If you really go back in time and see how we got to here, how we got to use passwords, it was just to make sure that people who used timeshare computing in the 60s don't steal each other's time slots. I mean, that's how it started. And even then it was broken and stolen because people used to write their passwords on little notes that their friends copied. So right from the get-go, passwords were not really great at securing things. No one, I think, expected the internet to grow this fast and to permeate every aspect of society. And yet we kept dragging passwords as like the default or it was like this when I got here, right? into the 21st century. So the biggest issue is that today, passwords are protecting things like your bank account, healthcare records, your privacy with your social media account, and basically networks of businesses, yet they were never, never meant to be secure. I will say uh, jokingly, if you ask my mom to pick a secure password, you're not doing yourself a favor as a network administrator because humans don't want to go remember long uh, you know, letters and numbers just to secure themselves. It's not something that comes natural. So I think the problem is that we keep using something that is not user-friendly, doesn't have great user experience, and we expect each user to become a security expert and to pick hard passwords to, to remember. I just think we have to give that idea away. Let's stop uh, pushing that strategy and simply work on getting rid of passwords as the main line of defense and use the fact that we have phones in our pockets to use cryptography and other tools and biometrics 
to replace passwords as we go into the future. So um, I know it would be if we were face-to-face, you could do a demo and show us how. Um, what does it look like to go passwordless? Can you try to explain that to our listeners? Yeah. Uh, for people who are listening before uh, the break, I suggested if you go download the app uh, for Trusona, T-R-U-S-O-N-A, just to see what it looks like. Uh, once you download the app, we have basically a try page on our uh, website just to show you what life could look like. Now, of course, you cannot go uh, replace the systems in all the banks you use and all the healthcare's. They need to do it so that you can become passwordless. But it looks like this. Imagine you come to a login page, and in addition to having username, password, and login, because companies can opt to leave that there if they want, imagine there's a new button called the passwordless login or the easy login. Once you click on that, Kim, up comes a QR code, which is basically a machine-readable code, just like a barcode in the supermarket, if you want to think about it that way. And all we ask you to do is point the app that has a camera scanner at the screen. And what happens behind the scenes is by knowing the code that is inside this QR code and the phone that just scanned it, we know that it's you, Kim, who registered with Trisona before. And thus we can tell the bank, open the door, this is Kim. And it's not as a result of somebody knowing your username is password, which are static. It's a result of you scanning something that is dynamic and changing every. 30 seconds, so there's very high assurance that it is you, Kim, and not an imposter. So when you take that QR code and you're scanning it with your phone, how are you How are you showing them it's me, Kim? Like, what am I using to do that? Great question. So uh, when our technology is added to, let's just say, a bank, and you already are known to the bank, all we do is put our software inside their mobile app, such that when you scan the QR, we tell them on the back end, Kim, who's the owner of this phone, just scanned this QR code, so open the door. So that's how we know it with users that already have had service for years and years and years. They don't need to do anything new. If you are new to the bank or new to the healthcare company, you surely need to register with them regardless of Trusona. You need to give them your name, your address, your phone number, things like that. As part of that onboarding or registration process, we also do what we need to do to harness your device. Specifically, is we put a key into your crypto store or into your secure enclave, if you know that language, that can only be unlocked with biometrics. So your face ID or your touch ID. So every time you scan the code and you are who you say you are by releasing the uh, biometrics, we can proceed and tell your bank, this is you, please open the door. So think about it as a mechanism with two locks. One of them is you having the right phone, and the other one is you having your biometrics unlocked. And the result of these two factors allow us to say with confidence that it is you. So what is the difference between right now on my phone, you know, I have a face recognition, and it will open my bank. It'll open several things that are probably not safe. So what, what is the difference between the phone doing it already and what you're doing? Yeah, it's a great question. So is it not true that when you use your phone to unlock, you really are unlocking the mobile bank app on your phone? It's all done locally. Think about Trusona extending it. 
to anything outside of your phone. So if you stand in front of an ATM, you can scan something and log in. You go into a branch, you can do it. So think about it as extending what you are already doing, but it's only unlocking things on your phone. But now we can unlock it anywhere in your life, whether it's on a screen in front of you, on a TV, in a car, anywhere else. So it seems pretty daunting. Like if you're going in, if, I mean, is your mission to try to get these huge companies to get rid of passwords? And how do you do that overnight? How do you take a, a company, say, as large as American Express, and you're going to try to get their teams to switch over to something? How would they, they do that? Yeah, it's a great question. So going passwordless is a journey. It does not happen overnight. But a journey of a thousand miles begins with a, you know, a single step. I believe that most companies may start actually with their employees, not with their consumers, for two reasons. They can then test the waters without upsetting anybody or making sure that it is working as they hoped. The second is the employees of a company, Kim, have much more control over security for the entire company than any one of us consumers. What do I mean by that? I hope you'd agree that the database uh, engineer or the you know, uh, privileged access user at a very large bank, if they get compromised, now the bad guys have access to everything as opposed to just your or my account. So by starting the passwordless revolution with your workforce, we have a better chance of getting it faster into where it needs to be. And secondarily, to offer it also to your customers so they have a better user experience faster logins, and be more secure. So do you think that companies um, that go passwordless, especially, you know, we hear so many companies that go out of business because of ransomware. Is this going to help with those type of issues? Absolutely. As I mentioned before, we went on break in one of our deployments in a very large VC. They were attacked by one of the most sophisticated attacks. It's called a spear phishing attack by changing the SIM on all the staff's phone to the attacker. So in case they try to log in, they get the OTP or the one-time passcode. And because Drusona does not use uh, the telco network or SMS, we foil the entire thing. In many of the breaches, in fact, the reports show in 81% of breaches, Passwords are to blame. So if you get rid of passwords as the main way to log in and you add this two-factor authentication that is passwordless, I believe you're going to stop seeing that. Another way to think about it is if uh, a wolf sees a herd of cows, right? All the cows may start running. The wolf is only go after the slowest cow, unfortunately, for that cow. That is what I think I'm suggesting don't be that slowest cow because when the bad guys try to rattle your cages or try to get in and they see that it's not easy, they'll simply go to another target. But don't be that easy target where they can just waltz into your accounts as a result of a breach that happened with username and passwords, the only thing separating them from bilking you. So I know when I first talked to you, you had mentioned passwords are going to be like the next thing, like we're going to like fax machines. No one uses a fax machine. So how long do you think it's going to take to evolve into a world with no passwords? <sighs> Look, half of me is a visionary entrepreneur, and I want to say, if you are hearing me speak right now, 
and you're serious, in the next 24 hours, you can get rid of passwords in the majority of your business. It's that fast because all you need is to decide to do it or try it, have your technical people assess the integration. Some of them take about an hour to um, put together. Of course, some of them might take longer, but on average, you can just try it. Let me give another free thing people can uh, do right now. If you have a WordPress site, whether it's a personal blog of yours or our business, we give that one for free. So if you go to the WordPress plugin uh, library and look for Trisona, we give a passwordless login to that for free. Go try that. And after you have that experience, you'll see how easy and fast it was to do and that you're kind of pushing the envelope forward to make it uh, harder for the bad guys. So that's the half of me that is entrepreneurial to say, why aren't you doing it? Go do it. The second half of me, Kim, is the realistic person. I've been doing it now for five years. I understand the pushback I hear all the time with, well, I'll wait for other people to do it first and then I'll do it. Or we weren't hacked yet, so why should I invest time in this? Like all these kind of human excuses, if you may, of just pushing the buck as opposed to realizing I could be next. And for that reason, it might take us a while as a society to do it. But I do believe, like you said before, one day passwords will be just like pagers and faxes, something that we used to use, and they will be denoted as this old stodgy technology. So when we see these new types of innovations like you've created, you know, a lot of small companies can't afford them. How practical is your tool for the smaller businesses? I love that question. We give some things for free exactly because of this reason. A, because we might not have enough people at our company to handle 10,000 small businesses tomorrow who just want, you know, a solution for 10 people, right? So some things like uh, login for Zoom for business, we gave for free because of COVID to make people uh, easier life to get into their Zoom. WordPress, as I said, is free as well. Once you get to 100 employees, 500 employees, we do have resellers that... Uh, can take you. And if you're a very large company, we usually sell direct. So I think with MSSPs or managed service providers, they will be our gateway to the SMB, to the small and medium businesses, as opposed to us doing it directly. Um, I believe it will take two to three more years for that to disseminate to a lot more businesses. But price, I don't think is the issue, Kim. And um, difficulty is not the issue. It's just the will of CEOs and business people to realize, let me not be the next victim. Let me do something to prevent this. And overall, your employees will be happier and you will sleep better at night because you will not be the next victim. Well, and I have a guest on the show next week that was a victim that lost everything through a ransomware and had to let 100 employees go. I'm sure in Heinz, now he's like you fighting cybersecurity, but mm -hmm. it's just a set, it's sad to say, I wish I would have. But then how do you, when you come upon these other cybersecurity professionals that are in our industry that they're stern believers in tools like man, you know, password manager tools mm -hmm. or password vaults, do you, and they're, there, some of them are probably never going to feel safe going passwordless. So what do you say to them? If you really study what's happening, password vaults are just storing the passwords. It's almost like putting all the dirty stuff under the carpet. They're not solving the core issue that the passwords can still be used to get in. So once I steal username and passwords, 
who cares that I put it in a vault and it's easy for you to retrieve them? The door is still open to the bad guy. I'll give you another example. When we look at session replay attacks, if you are trying to log into a website and you gather from your password vault a very long username and password, so say that you even let the password will dictate it for you, once you hit that login button, is it not true that both username and password are on the wire to authenticate you? So the tools of, of, of session replay are just going to glean them from there. We have not solved the problem by putting all the passwords in a vault. We might have made it easier for the user. We might have made it a little bit um, faster to log in by retrieving them, but we have not changed the locks on the door to prevent the crimes. So I think this is a half measure, not because I don't do it. It's because if you look at the reality of what bad guys do, they're basically saying, great, you've now put all your passwords in one neat place. So if I get with your master password to your password vault, I now have all of your passwords waiting for me. So for all those reasons, I believe that's just a half step, but the real step is to go passwordless, which is more secure, not less secure. So I would imagine Frank and Kevin Mitnick, are they, are, are they living by passwordless right now? Yeah, as I said before, if you go see Kevin Mitnick's tour, and he does a lot of demos to get into his own email, he's using our three-factor solution. That is the most secure product we have, where you need his phone, his biometrics, and his driver license scan to go check his emails. I believe if you have a very sensitive system or uh, privilege access uh, control systems, you need to use at this point a three-factor system just to be ahead of the curve. So I watched some of your demos and I'm sure um, everyone that's listening, they can just look up your name and Google you and there's probably a dozen demos of you doing. Yeah, the one I would recommend you to Google if you are interested is the Finovate. 2016 demo, uh, F-I-N-O-V-A-T-E, Finovate. It's like financial innovation. We won the best of show demonstration of the passwordless login there. And I believe, Kim, that will be the date that the password revolution, like 20 years from now, that demo is what started this revolution. So if you're interested to see that live recorded, uh, look for the Finovate 2016 because we also won it 2018, two years later. But if you want to go see that, it will give you a really good idea of what it looks like. So going back to how Kevin is using three-factor authentication, um, mm -hmm. so if he's using his driver's license, is that the third factor that he's using? Um, Correct. Does he, does he always have to have that driver's license every time he logs in? That is a choice if you just want to have your phone with two factors of something that you have and something that you are, or three. I believe he is such a prominent figure. He's like a rock star. Everybody wants to hack his emails, and many have tried. That at this point, for somebody like him or somebody like the President of the United States, right, you want to have three layers of security and not just two. For the average person, I believe two is plenty. So we were talking about, you know, the vulnerabilities of you still have these bad guys that it's going to be their mission to try to figure out how they can get by you, Ori. You know, what, what are the vulnerabilities? You know, what is this the cure to all cyber threats? Great question. The one thing we cannot solve, and I don't think any technology can solve, is 
social engineering. Because if I fool you, Kim, to take out your phone and use your fingerprint and your driver license to log in, and it is not a, a real login, then there's no, there's no technology that can decipher intent. The way people fall victim to that is by, uh, for example, there's some Nigerian schemes that basically are romantic crooks, right? They're trying to fall in love or to pretend to fall in love with somebody and then have them send them all their money. There is no technology that Trusona can come up with or anybody else to solve for that. But what we can solve categorically is for anybody who's still stealing username and passwords with the intent to sell it in the dark web or with the intent to go into the account and empty them, if that's the only thing between a criminal and your money, we can absolutely remove that by getting rid of passwords and adding dynamic uh, two-factor authentication that does not cost a lot and does not require a lot, but we do need to do something to get there. It won't happen on its own. So this show is called And Security for All, and so we have the average listener listening. Can you let them know what happens when your password ends up on the dark web? Yes. So let me start by saying everybody who's listening to this show has some of their credentials stolen by now. That includes you and me, Kim. Because so much of it has happened that it's hard to believe that any single person has evaded all of these attacks completely. So we should assume that our username and password have been breached. Now, I will jokingly say that I'm sure all of us are very, very good with our security practices. And if you have 20 websites that you visit, that you've set 20 separate username and passwords for them, correct? Now, it's okay. You can all laugh because no one does that because it's hard. So we know that people reuse passwords. So they use the same username and password over and over again just because they want to remember them. So imagine that one of your 20 websites got breached, right? Any one of them, your email provider or some music you listen to. You should assume that the same username and password will be tried on all major other sites to see if they work. And if you've used the same username and password, guess what? You've just gave the crooks keys to everything. So if you listen to this, the one thing you can do until your uh, providers give you a passwordless option is change your password. Put a note in your calendar once a month, once every three months, once a year, just go change them. Why? Because even if they were breached, but you change the keys, it will not hurt you. But if you hear about a breach of something that you used and you're not changing the keys, it's as if you don't care that they will go into all of these accounts. So the one thing you can do until the world is passwordless is change your passwords. So before we wrap up today, what would be, you know, the one final message you would want to give our listeners? And then can you let our um, listeners know how to find out more about you and Trusona? Yeah. So to find about me and Trusona, just go to our website, T-R-U-S-O-N-A, Trusona. As we said, it's the fusion of true and persona, but without the E in the name. Um, the one thing I'd leave you with is this. The technology is already here. There should be no more excuses about, is it safe? Is it affordable? Is it easy to use? All these things have been proven. We have over 600 clients today who can attest to that. The one thing you need to do is to have the will and initiative to do something. 
and I'll quote um, a famous line in Silicon Valley that says, the future is already here, it's just not well distributed. So I wish on you, your customers and your business to get rid of passwords in 2021 and make it harder on the bad guys. And by doing so, you'll also curb the funding of evil. And so how can people find you, Ori? I have my own blog at oriison.com, but if you want to learn about what I do, uh, feel free to go to trisona.com on my bio, and it has everywhere I volunteer, like you said before, at Thorn and Ball to All, and just, you know, trying to do good in the world by curbing uh, cybercrime. And um, one lot before we go again, where can they um, find your app to download again? If you go to the App Store, either Apple or Android, look for the company name, Trusona. T-R-U-S-O-N-A and T-R-U-S-O-N-A Trusona and you can then play with the technology just to see how it works clearly your bank needs to add Trusona for you to be able to do it but if you have a WordPress site we give that one for free so if you go to the WordPress uh, plugin store and look for Trusona T-R-U-S-O-N-A that is free it takes 10 seconds to implement and your site could be protected from, uh, you know, defacement and hacking and breaching and so forth. All right. Well, thank you, Ori. Thank you for sharing the future of going passwordless. Thank you for being on the show. We look forward to seeing everything that's going to happen with you. Thank you for all of our viewers um, uh, who have listened to the show. Come back next week. We have another uh, superhero that lost everything by ransomware. And now he is like Ori. He is fighting cybercrime. So thank you for joining another show of And Security for All. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events.